Count us off, bro. Three, two, one. Radio Brando Man. Radio Brando Man. Radio Brando Man. Radio Brando Man. My brother and me. My brother and me. My brother and me. Do some B and E. With a shout out to the DDC. Yeah, the DDC. Talking about the DDC. DDC. DDDDDDDCCCC. Talking about the DDC. I was live. First and only time ever. Welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. I'm Carson Crashley. We're brothers. And this is our next series. Yeah, my brother and me. You heard it in the song. That was dope. Do are we you came a, up with that on your own? We did. Yeah. We're a band now. Are we a band? We got two songs. <laughs> That's what we get. Original content, original intro. I love it. Did you love that? Yeah, it was great. That felt something. Feel that connection? <laughs> Brothers singing together? Felt good. We're a day late this week. Because we were working on that song, dude. Did you hear that? <laughs> that was great. People go to school, and they can't teach that. Yeah. You think, you're te- you, think you can... You think you can te- take... You think you can take a class at Juilliard and learn that? Maybe. Berkeley School of Music and learn that? Um, Seattle Art School and learn that? <sighs> that was good. I almost pulled the school in Seattle where Reggie Watts went to. Oh, Cornish School of the Arts. Boom. Nailed it. How do you know that? Dude. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts when I'm not doing this podcast. But anyway, what we got going on this week? We talked about a tease. Just what's this podcast about? It's just about us. Us going back in time. Yeah. Re-examining things from a brother's perspective. Thirty years removed. Ten years removed. Two weeks removed. Who knows? Week to week. But this week. Where are we going? We're going back to Sereno Court. San Diego. Santiago. Where we grew up. La Costa, to be exact. That's right. Right near uh, Ralph's. Could walk there. Vaughn's. Vaughn's. It's close. It was a Vaughn's. It's gone now. All that shit's gone. What? Even that little pasta shop where I had my very first date? Yeah. In the fourth grade it's so cute it was you were spying on us <laughs> i was just very curious what you were doing so did you did you follow us there i just knew you were down there i told you yeah i was like bro what's up i'm in fourth grade uh i'm going on a date right now going to the pasta experience the pasta experience i remember the taste of that pasta it was like 
There's like Italian restaurant. Where did you get the money to date take? Night. Got ways, man. I saved up our boys and girls club like snack money for like two months so I could buy Mega Man three. It's worth it. It's worth it. But yeah, went on a date with Jessica Zitterman. Yeah, what happened there? Um, pff, I broke up with her. It's too TMD. Too much drama in the fourth grade. I overheard her on the playground refer to me as her kind of sorta boyfriend, and I was like, "Babe, if you're with, if you're with, you're with me in the third third grade." No, this is fourth grade. If you're with me in the fourth grade, it's all in or nothing. I don't want this kind of sorta. We're either pulling each other's hair on the playground, or we're in love. So broke it off. Plus, I want to get more into uh, comic cards, and I didn't have the time for love. We were really into those comic cards. They were amazing. Especially the Jim Lee series of X-Men cards. I remember the day you got the last card to complete that set. It was the second set. The second series. You had every card. And you got the last card at the Encinitas Street Fair. And it was the, um... It was Mr. Fantastic's weapon. Yeah, it was a Marvel series, yeah. Before the X-Men, yeah. That was... Had to, had to go through those single cards, and it's like, oh, the ultimate nullifier. That was yes! the last card he needed. Yeah, hell yeah. And then you went on to, there was like the ones Comic with cards, the holograms. Genius, great gateway drug into comics. Yeah. It was like a way for comics to infiltrate the baseball card shops. And then I was like, well, now I gotta go to Thrill Books instead of the Clubhouse baseball card shop, so... I'm on to bigger and better things. R.I.P. Thrill Books in Encinitas, California. Oh, that place was great. Yeah, they had Street Fighter 2. I liked it. Dude, that must have been... That was cool. That was a cool little spot. It's like prime bar town now. Yeah, it's all bars there. I wanted to... We remember we were thinking about doing a comedy festival down there. Yeah, it could have worked great. I I did some preliminary investigating... And this was only like five years into the comedy festival boom. Now it's like capsized. There were like four comedy festivals in Portland before the pandemic in one year. I know this because I produced one. That's a lot of festivals. Yeah. Just a good way to meet comics. And we had a great festival in Portland, RIP Bridgetown Comedy Festival for a decade. And then it went away. And then like the year after, a couple comics great ones Tory Award uh, produced a festival at the beach you know the coast but it still wasn't in Portland and then we always had like the All Jane Festival and the Portland Black Comedy Festival Phil's been going on for like three years then we also had a festival last year out of the kickstand comedy space uh, or no it's a theater down there we can't play who cares there's a lot of festivals. But the best one was the Point Break Comedy and Meatball Sandwich Festival featuring headliners Bren Weinbach, Curtis Cook, Mav Viola, Aaron Klopfer from Chicago. I know this because uh, I produced that festival. Curtis, who's a friend of yours and um, is in L.A. now. It's L.A. He's right. He was writing for the rights for the Jim Jeffries show. Is that show still on? Is TV still a thing? 
I don't know. With Matt Kirshen, Matt Kirshen writes for Jim Jeffrey's show. Dope. At least he did the last time I talked to him. I thought we were supposed to be talking about breaking and entering. Oh, yeah. Um, so we lived on a cul-de-sac. It was a neighborhood. There was like... A neighborhood of cul-de-sacs. Three cul-de-sacs on a hill. Mm-hmm. Well, four if you count the one on the other side. Yeah. So there's four cul-de-sacs. You can't forget that one. That's where our arch nemesis lived. Oh, yeah, Marcina. Marcina. Ugh. Mom owes us money because she made a bet. Like, because we were like, oh, Marcina's the worst. She was like, and like, people, like, they're like rumors, like, oh, she has three nipples. Oh, I went to her <laughs> store. She's a mod. She, she was just a. She was in my classes and she was kind of volatile. She had some behavioral issues. Yeah. Um,. And so she would get teased a lot. Um, and I, me and her had a rivalry for some reason. Um, and mom was like, oh, just you wait. By the time you guys are in high school, you'll be fighting for dates with her. Um, but we lost track of her, so we'll never know. And you weren't the dating type. Well, you no. were in high school. You went on a couple dates. I didn't go on dates in high school. You went to, like, homecomings went and shit. prom. Prom. I was like, yeah, dances is, like, my one date a year. Those are dates. He was pressure. I've been dating since the fourth grade, bro. <laughs> you had like girlfriends in elementary school. Uh, I wouldn't. I would hang out with girls. I had girls who were friends. Mara. And I would be a, well, it's not like I was macking on girls. It was totally innocent. Yeah. Even though one time I did hang out, no parents at Jessica's house, and you will not believe the shit we did. She had a power pad. So we played power pad video games for like seven minutes because it kind of sucks in in practice. Did the track and field. Do it with your hands, you go faster. But yeah. We had our flings, but on the courts, there there were characters. There were like the spoiled kids that had like the TurboGrafx-16s. When everyone else had Super Nintendos, there were uh, the kids with the strict parents. And there were the wild free range kids. That's probably the category we fell into. The feral kids. Yeah, we kids. were in the we were the feral kids that were allowed to roam the neighborhood. I remember getting banned from houses. <laughs> probably because Didn't we get banned from Justin Johnson's house? I don't think so. I think his mom I banned from we were, the Trouts, I think. Oh the Trouts. And Mark. Though Mark was a little well. Oh, you got in trouble at Mark's house. Yeah. yeah. What did you do at Mark's house? I don't know. Mark's mom was kind of was pretty strict. Yeah, and he was, and he he was like a little miniature Farkas, though. Yeah, and Farkas is the name of a gentleman. Name changed. Name changed. Uh, who lived across directly across the street from us? Yeah. On our cul-de-sac in the Sorino Court. Like day one, got us in trouble. Yeah. He's 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 the when you think of like bad dude, he was a bad. I mean, he had like name it. What do you want? Did he uh, later go on to sell drugs by like seventh grade? Check. Did he uh, have a stash of porn when he was like nine years old? Check. Uh, did he shoot neighborhood kids with a BB gun? Yes. Did he? You know, this was stuff like stuff you only like. Sometimes stuff you was worse than movies. Like we watched a movie. He had the GI Joe rocket ship. I remember that. He was that kind of kid. 
He also, like, we saw Little Monsters, terrible movie, Howie Mandel, Fred Savage. I still think it's underrated. It's underrated. Just, just wait till you get to the scene where, uh, is that Buzz or just another red-headed kid? I think it's just another red-headed Another kid. red-headed Buzz-looking bully kid drinks Howie Mandel's Buzz, pee in his apple juice. It looks like Buzz. So if you want to see a child who's portraying, uh, he's what, 13? Drink... A mo- an old uh, old man's piss, it's a monster technically. Uh, watch it. The original P tape. Yeah, it's the original. PizzaGate started Little Monsters. It's a P tape. But Scott Farkas. Oh man, he almost. Scarface. Scarface. Scarface Farkas. Uh, filled his super soaker with pee and did stuff with it. He was that kind of a bad dude. He was one of those bad hombres the outgoing president warned us about. He was a bad hombre. Caucasian, though. I remember the great P-Wars. The great P-Wars? We filled up a sparklets thing with P. What did we do with it? Well, we were going to dump it on somebody, but I think we chickened out. Or we were dumping it, and it only... We, just, we dumped it. I remember it dumped it out on the driveway, and it made, like, a stain on the driveway. On our driveway? Yeah. Why don't we dump it out on our rival's driveway? <laughs> oh, no. So we both peed into a sparklet? Yeah. That probably smelled so bad. Where did we keep it? We kept it on the, out in the, it was in the balcony thing, like up, so we'd outside pee out the room. So we would step out on the balcony and pee into a, how full did it get? I think like a quarter full. That's a thick, it's still like, that's messy. And this was inspired by Farkas. I'm blaming him for all his pee play. That's gross. Farkas traumatized me in junior high school because I thought we were friends and then like there was this moment where these cool kids were hanging out with us and it was like me and Farkas and some cool kids and they were like oh why are you hanging out with this doofus and Farkas looked at me and was like basically like sorry bro took his milk and dumped it on me so he could be like with the cool kids he betrayed me that 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 happens in Disney teen comedies. That's not real life. That fucking happened. He dumped no, his he... milk on me. From the Altadena Dairy? Yeah. No, it might have been Hollandia. From the Hollandia Dairy? Had the windmill on it. That, that sounds like Holland to me. Yeah. And sometimes it had little comics. Oh, so did you smell like sour cream by the end of the day? Yeah, it was bad. So that traumatized you. Is that when you stopped drinking milk? Maybe. I don't know. It just made me upset that a friend, like, turned their back. A junior high. But, like, I feel like when that happened to you, you had seen enough media that you were like, oh, no, I've seen this happen. This means I'm a loser. Yeah. How's that feel? Didn't feel good. Then she come home and then like take it out on me. No, <laughs> she's not that guy. <clears throat> we were, we were tight. You and Scott? No, me and you. Oh yeah, I mean, bros. There, I'm never gonna. I probably poured milk on you. I've probably peed on you. You did pee on me. Well, that's because you pooed on me. I never pooed on you. That was our neighbor. Okay, well, I pooed thought... on his sister. 
All right, so there's a lot of Inception <laughs> water sports. Now you're bringing in Shiza shit. We need to move this along to the B&E, breaking and entering. So Scott, so first... Wait, Farkas. Uh, no one listens. It's okay. Well, Farkas, we don't know his last It's not Farkas. So Farkas, um, it was Scott Farkas in the movie. Yeah. That's why we're calling him Scott Farkas. Yeah, that's why. Scott Farkas. Um, Fictional. So Farkas, uh, first we would... We were always intrigued by this one house in the neighborhood because we didn't know who lived there. And we knew there was a neighborhood where you knew who lived in every house, pretty much. So there was one house where we never knew who lived there. We never saw the people. Because of trick-or-treating, you know who lives everywhere, or at least they don't answer. Or we also had, like, we had, like, community events. Yeah. And we also just knew people, like, knew everybody. It was just the kind of neighborhood where you knew everybody. But they were on the Carroll's Court, if I remember. They were off. They were not on the court. They oh, were on the right. street. that's right. They were on the way. See, the court people look down on the street folk. <laughs> they were a street folk. Oh, but there was a celebrity on the street. The Regan's house was a street house. Yeah. We already talked about our, our name. From... Bridget Regan from Agent Carter. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. Um, but, and Wizard's First Rule. And Sex in the City 2. Yeah. She had a bit part. Yeah, she was a waitress. But Sex and City one. We did not be any into the Bridget house. We, well, so at first we were like we were like this house. I was curious. First Started we, out benign. Yeah, there were a couple of houses in the neighborhood we thought were haunted because mm-hmm. there was we couldn't determine that nobody. One of them really was empty, and um, didn't the Mausers move? Mausers moved into it. Yeah, and uh, but one of them somebody did live there because you guys were like Scott. Farkas was like, let's go into the house. And just fuck around. And so, while I was too scared to go in the house, you were like, hell yeah, I'm gonna do that. This was the one, the Mauser's new place. No, this was the place down the street. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. He he showed me how, and he just needed, like, a boost. And then, well, we both got in. We went in through, like, the bathroom window, the shower, like the one you slide. Really? Yeah. You're like pushed over the trash cans, popped over. Uh, yeah. And then hopped in. I remember getting inside the house and I am in first grade. In somebody's house. I am in, I repeat, first grade. <laughs> you know, I have classmates who uh, got held back because they didn't master rectangles and triangles um, which is fine it's fine every kid develops at their own pace but i am in first grade i'm like learning out math i'm a tiny little person and this other little person who if i'm in first grade he's in third, third grade. grade so at third grade this criminal mastermind is like casing the neighborhood found a weakness and was like hmm if only i had a small accomplice that i could boost in and that was it I, he threw me in. I opened the door. I was, he was just a manipulator. <laughs> he was like, I wish I could get this little creasy kid, throw him in there. And I, I remember he, I let him in. I freaked out. I just like left. And then we like reconvened. And I remember he's like, I got this. I was like, what? And he, he like, he, he stole shit from the house. <laughs> it was like a necklace. I don't even uh, remember. It, I remember very clearly a necklace. I was like, for me, to me, it's the end of the Goonies. It's like, look at this treasure. And yeah. 
And I was just like, you know what? That's too much. I'm out. And so here I am living with a crime yeah. as a first grader. I remember we did tell mom and dad we were at Mexican food somewhere. Well, because how long after the fact do you think that was? It was a little while it was, after. It was, af- it was like weeks. Yeah. But I couldn't... It bared down on both of us. But was there like... Didn't we hear like, oh, be careful, you know, people are breaking into houses in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh, shit. It's Farkas and us. Well, us, me, you're, again, much like the streaking incident, you're just there. Not yeah. stopping me. Yeah. How come you didn't stop me for more bad decisions? Because well, it was my decision to make. I was just like. So we showed you the loot. Yeah. So you're you you're just like you're you're an accomplice. Yeah. And I remember. I feel like he might even have given us something. Like I took something. I don't know. So I guess the moral of the story is we're snitches. Yeah, we snitched. First grade, it was in me. But you know, in my community. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. Does that what does that what does that say about our integrity? We threw him under the bus right away. But this was a kid who would go on. I mean, he was. Am I trying to justify it now? Like we snitched on our bro, dude. This was a kid who first showed us boobies. Yeah, it was the first boobies I ever saw. And on the page and. Farkas was hardcore. He, I didn't. He was again. He was a little devil. He was like, "Hey, come here, come here." Oh yeah. And you... he would kick open the door to his sister's rooms at precisely the moment they were changing clothes. So you saw one of the sisters naked, or you saw boobies? I saw at least bra. I saw at least bra, and it was just like, yeah. Because he had two older sisters, like much older. Yeah old enough when he's in third grade that they're wearing bras so he was what does that say about him though is he a little like whoop yeah maybe I don't know he was the kind of kid he would drink his dad's beers he was that kid <clears throat> he was watching Eon Flux as a fourth grader well I remember he got us into Bionic Commando because he had Bionic Commando yeah with that Farkas man I remember what led to like my like guilty conscience growing was in class, in the first grade, as I remember it was first grade, Miss Alexander took me outside and she was like, somebody wrote swear words on one of the desks. And this was not me. So I felt like, man, you thought this was me? And I had a crush on this teacher. So I was like, I'll do you one better. I don't know who wrote these swear words on the desk, and it was not me. But I know somebody who breaks into houses. <laughs> So I was telling, I was a canary. I wasn't just telling parents. I told my teacher. What did she do? She didn't know what to do. She was like, I I don't know what she did. In my weird brain, I was like, did I remember? Did she like bring in like a, I would have remembered a cop. But yeah, I was telling anybody who would listen. Because it was like, I I I guess I was a child cat burglar. Should I add that to my resume? Broken your house, man. They still never found out who lived there because they never answered the door during trick or treat, and they never like interacted with the community. Jehovah's Witnesses, maybe. 
Maybe it was an investment property. It's probably worth like. Well, all those houses are worth a, million, a lot of money now. Like three quarters of a mil. Eh, who cares? We're not going to talk about property. We got a new house to worry about. Oh, yeah, you were. Well, that's why we. we, we we were late a day because we've been so busy with... No, we're not late a day. We wanted to record on a very special day. Oh, yeah. Well... If you listen closely to the theme song, you mentioned shout out to the DDC. Shout out to the DDC. Thanks for joining in, bro. DDC. There we go. They come for the harmonies, not for the solos. What's the DDC? The Dead, Dead Dad's, Dad's Club. Club. And that's what we're members of. Um, and November 16th is the day that we joined. some jerk decided, oh, I'm going to go jogging on my lunch break, get in a few. That jerk was our dad. And he got hit by a cab. He's training for like 10Ks because he eventually wanted to do an Ironman. And goal. look where it got him. One-way ticket to the DTC. <laughs> so you can, oh, wow. I always think of the DDC as the Dead Dads Club, meaning you're a kid who has lost their dad, but I guess every dad who dies is also a member of the Dead Dads Club. So one day, I too will be a DDC. Yeah. Two times. But yeah. I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast, but... We talked just... about, like, the whole... What happened and that, but... But let's have a little celebration, you know? Yeah. What is one memory, because I know I have at least one that I can think of, but one memory that you have that maybe you haven't really put out there, one that's kind of one that you hold on to, whether it's a small one or it's kind of like one that's just for you? Hmm. I feel like I talk about everything. Well, I know, but there's probably one little small thing. I was thinking of this one small thing, because, I mean, I was... In sixth grade, uh, when when we lost, when I joined the Dead Dads Club for the first time, but I remember. So there's not much, but there's a lot, if that makes sense. Because a lot of it's you know like frozen in carbonite. I think that's what trauma <laughs> does. Um, or so I've been told. But I'll never forget. Um, I remember. Oh, there's two. And and these these are like the memories that like happen and they stick. And then the more you think about them, you're like, there was a lot there. I remember one time we stopped at that ATM, the one in the plaza where um, the bull weevil was. Yeah. The 724. You remember the jingle? 724, 724, 724, city. City. Maybe you got it right. But Uh, that one, San Diegans love it. But I remember um, he just like, cashed his paycheck or something he came out with like his like bank receipt and he's like whoa i paid all my bills blah 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 oh yeah like he was and he showed me the receipts like i have three dollars left i just was like i remember being as a, even as a child like holy shit <laughs> and then now as an adult i'm like you had two kids <laughs> you know the balance go to like three dollars holy shit so maybe that's where we get our great financial um, <laughs> intelligence from. But yeah, man, he was... Uh, so I remember thinking about that. But, I mean, you know, made it work. You know, we, we, we never wanted for anything. No, man, we had all the Nintendo games. 
And then some. Nintendo games we didn't even want. But I remember that. And are you are you thinking of anything? I think of mine. I think I'll drop one more. Um. Well, I, my favorite, one of my... Little, Not favorite. No, just, just like, like a memory why, about... Not even worth sharing out loud. I remember my dad was that he was... He didn't take good care of his cars. And it was just like a quirk of his. And because this guy was like an engineer, but he didn't... And his, and his dad, grandpa, was like a car genius, a fix-it wizard... And he, but like he didn't, that gene did not pass on to him because his cars, like, I remember we were, we were at a trip to Disneyland and something happened in the van and we had to like leave the, the van. caravan? We had to leave the, the van. Voyager. up. <clears throat> this is the Plymouth Voyager. It was a Voyager. And we had to leave it up there and I think we rented a car or something. And then I remember driving up to Anaheim with dad and it was the most disappointing drive ever because part of me was like... Okay, we're going up here. We're going to go to Disneyland. Like, we're going up here. We're going to go to Disneyland. And we just drove up and got the car and drove up back home. I was kind of pissed off. Because Dad never said we weren't going, but he, like, I don't know. It's like he kind of... Was I on this trip, too? No, I don't, for some reason you weren't there. This was a long round trip to Disneyland and back. That would drive me... I didn't even like driving by uh, Chuck E. Cheese if we weren't going there. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember one time, because it was always across from, uh, one of them was a, it was across from, like, a Black Angus. I remember one time our parents took us to Black Angus, and I had a fit. <laughs> I was like, you can't get this close? You can't bring us this close to the doors of Valhalla and throw us down into hell? H-E-L, the Norse hell? I remember that one time I went to Black Angus. That was, like, the only time I've ever been to Black Angus. I went once with the Wickhams. Oh, yeah? You know where else? I've, I've never been to Claim Jumper. We, they give you so much food, you have to dig it home. It's like, oh, that was it. That's all I know about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, driving three hours for nothing just to, like. That's us. And then, um, I mean, this is a memory that I think, well, I'll just never forget, like, when he brought home lobsters oh yeah i mean and he like he was an engineer his firm specialized in underwater construction i knew he surfed he's poaching some lobsters and he would bring home lobsters and like they would rip the tails off and they'd run around and the dog (laughs) the dog chased him oh god you know what that that lobster had a worse end than like the end of like hunger games one where the last guy ko gets thrown into like those weird mutant dogs did you read the books yeah they didn't like really capture that in the film, but like the dogs had like the, they were like the heads of the people that had already died. I know that's messed up, but like that's a bad death, you know, being eaten by mutated dogs that are mutated like you know these people that you already may have killed or you know knew from your district at least one of them. But anyway, this poor lobster had his tail ripped off, and then to add insult to injury, as he's like slowly dying, he's being chased by a dog in a backyard. <laughs> Miles from the ocean, his ancestral home. That's a bad way to go. It's too bad. It tastes so good with butter. Then we ate him. Pinchy. Do you remember Dad making scallops and they were disgusting? Is I only know that. I remember the taste. I remember if I recall what I was tasting. There was a lot of garlic and butter. They weren't that bad. Maybe you guys are picky eaters. I don't like them. I don't have a problem, babe. 
I love. Scallops I remember now, spending though. a lot of time opening the scallops on the deck. I kind of remember that. And screwdrivers. Our mother loves the story. How like later on, we were back at the store, and there was a little girl in the fish section. I went up to her and was like, "Whatever you do, don't get the scallops. My dad made them. They're gross." <laughs> to her, that's like the funniest. I'm a professional comedian, and that will always be the funniest thing I've ever said. Well, one time, Mom won a Funny Kids, or we got second place in a things Funny Things Kids Say contest, but I don't remember what it was we said that she entered us. We got a trip to Knott's Berry Farm. Cool story. The first prize was playground equipment. Where would we put it? Yeah, so we we'll, could have probably put it in the back. Dude, if you're a kid and you're like, hey, kid, do you want some playground equipment or you want to go to Knott's? Probably go to Knott's. I think we won. But it would be cool to have, like, a jungle gym in your backyard. But we had the carols for that. Yeah, we didn't need that. <laughs> That's what friends are for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was the day. Um, yeah, then our lives changed. Oh, and this is something. Okay. Maybe I've already... I don't know. This is the day to talk about it. But, like, you know, do you ever... Or I've stopped, you know doing the time traveler thing you know where like if you you ever think about like going back and being like like hey d- don't go for a jog today just call him or yeah. something like while he's at work or just mm-hmm. tell him don't go do you think he would listen to you no i mean there's well that's kind of why is it's like it's kind of like well what if it's like one of those scenarios where like you know it would have been some other way you know save him from the you know the butterfly effect yeah, you know, save him from that, uh, and then you know, on on the drive home, you know, he he strikes someone, and he's, in, you know, what I mean, too too many, uh, too many Twilight Zones, I guess is is what. So I've stopped with that, but because one that's helped me, you know, not let my mind, you know, simmer and based in that darkness, is thinking about, well, I am who I am because of that event. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I'm on the days that, and most days, not every day, but on a lot of days, I'm like, that didn't happen. My, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, my my life would be totally different. I don't even know what my life would look like. Sometimes you ever see like, oh, maybe I would have been like that. Maybe yeah. I would have ended up more like Farkas. You know? Well, I think there is like, because I look at some of my darkest timelines and I'm like, I would have still been hanging around Sean when he was getting into big trouble. And what would that look like? Yeah. <laughs> or, I, I mean, and then even darker timeline, like, hanging around, still hanging around Lee Dreyer. Yeah. You know, someone who killed their parents. I think, uh, you know, I ended up, you know. Because he had a friend with him, and the friend went to jail. Oh, wow. But the friend later got out of jail because they said he didn't actually do well, anything. We're not on Lee Dreyer's timeline. We're on my dark timeline. Okay. My dark timeline is, you know, I still end up at Cal. Um, but, you would have gone to Cal right away. Right. But what if I was like, you know, like a legacy walk-on rugby player, right? <laughs> and I'm playing rugby at Cal. Well, guess what? I am, um, you know, this is, well... I was friends with somebody who I met at Cal who was sexually assaulted 
by a member of the Calp rugby team, and it was covered up. And she was gaslit, and it, you know, it literally drove her, you know, to seek, you know, obviously, you know, medical support for that traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Well, what if, you know, dad lives and I end up being an accomplice or a party to or a rapist? Yikes. Because that's, that's like, that's not that far removed from the actual timeline. You would have lost your, you would have become a psychopath. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I would have voted for Trump. No, that never would have happened. Okay, it was an election year. Do you think our dad, who was a veteran, reserves, went to Cal? I don't think dad would have voted for Trump. You, of course you want. No one wants to think their parents are going to vote for Trump. I really don't think he would. <laughs> He's I like, think I'm not would, voting for Trump. I'm voting for the Libertarian. I think, no, I think, I think, I would like to think that Dad having a gay, a gay son, son would have helped him become a little bit more. And he was, and he was. And, and he's was, probably he retired com- by he's a, now. He's chill. He's a compassionate... And Dad was always a compassionate person. Oh, yeah. I always see him as a compassionate person. Well, you want to. That's the other... That's the big bummer of losing a parent that young is they live on in your memories. Well, it's kind of a pedestal, for sure. In this beyond, like, you know, like a Because we never... Deity. That, I mean... Um... Kevin Smith always talks about how he's thankful, like, his dad died, but he got to know his dad. And I've had this conversation with Kevin. Like, he got to know his dad as an adult. Like, have an adult friendship with his dad. And he was like, that's the thing that sucks about for you, is, like, you never got to have that. You Like, your dad is always your dad in your mind. He was never, ever your, like, just your adult friend. Uh, Mom, if you're listening, you're going to want to stop right there. It's all, all really cool stuff. Um... <laughs> You want to hear the? This is related to this statue. This was a joke that I tried to write like six months into comedy, and it and obviously you're about to hear. I, I'm only going to paraphrase a joke I tried to write six months into comedy. I tried to write a joke, and the premise is is like, yeah, man, there were a couple of jokes about like my dad died. He was jogging. That's why I don't exercise. That's like an easy laugh. Like, yeah, man, it's, it's kind of wild um, when your dad dies when you're that young because it's like. I saw my dad's dick one time when I was, you know, 10. And let me tell you, to a 10-year-old, my dad's dick was the size of, like, a brontosaurus femur. <laughs> I didn't know. It's Everything's to scale. And so it's like, you know, you grow older, you, parent, you, know, you know, at the end of your parents' life, maybe you're washing their shriveled up, or they get inflated at the end, I'm told, with prostate stuff. But it's kind of like, you know, your dad's... <laughs> Your dad's phallus becomes human, you know, or maybe your dad is just willing down. But, you know, that was kind of that thing is this was a joke of relating to what you're talking about. I just I just made it about my my DDC, my dead dad's cock is what I made it about. (laughs) Maybe that's how I get the bit is I introduce it as the DDC and then get that cheap laugh. Okay, we're just writing bits right now about going back when the world reopens. I'm opening with my best dad penis material this is for you Carson Creasy the third R.I.P not rest in peace I just want to rip dicks remember the first year the anniversary of DDC day mom took pulled us out of school 
I kind of don't remember that, but it's ringing a bell. Did we go to Rosecrans? We went to Rosecrans. We went to Coronado because uh, she yeah. took us to where, because it was like they had just interred him at Rosecrans because mm. it took a while. Yeah, and so which is Rosecrans, Fort Rosecrans, beautiful, it's beautiful, beautiful place. I try and go, I can find it. I, I go by there. I've been I've been there in the past six years. I know my, my I have a friend Kenny Weisberg who goes there just to because it's a beautiful place. He just goes there. He will hang out. Takes pictures. Um, but uh, one of my first camera phone picks was of the yeah. Me too. But yeah, I used to get emotional. I even went there in high school. I would bring like someone. I brought Mark there. I've brought a few people there. It's kind of a special thing. Like it's like, hey, want to come uh, look at a tombstone and watch me cry? <laughs> That's when you know you're with a good friend. Yeah, I brought. Human tornado there brought. That was the last. These are friends. Was, the last person I went with there was Craig. Human tornado. We went to Roberto. Did, did the full experience. Roberto's hit the cemetery. Rosecrans. But um, what were we talking about? Talk about the DDC. I was talking about our dead dad's dick. Visiting. Oh, yeah. So we went there and we went to Coronado. And then I remember my soccer coach, of all people, gave me shit. Like, you shouldn't be missing practice. And so I immediately was like, yeah, it was a year ago. My dad died. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then he just like... The fucking soccer coach? <laughs> but, I mean, in all honesty, like, you were a varsity soccer player. I was a varsity so soccer player. This wasn't player. JV soccer. Was a lot of high expectations. They didn't have JV soccer. Anyone who played soccer was varsity. I'm just jealous. I didn't get a Letterman's jacket. If you had, you would have been like, you could have been a rock star athlete at Santa Fe <laughs> if you had stayed there for high school. Got into the weight training gym early. Now we're gonna do our weight training a little weight. It's gonna be hell week when we move into the new place. Oh yeah, we got a gym. I got those little floor puzzle pieces to put together. Oh yeah, you need those. I got them. Well, we need our cardio training. Too. Hey, guess what? There's a lot of ways to do cardio. Yeah, but I'm not good at... It's going to be too cold to walk around. Oh, Brendo. You're making excuses, and we're going to be making flexes. Pretty soon. But yeah, man. Happy, happy Dead Dad's Day for us. You just reminded me of this week of the time he took us to see Fire in the Sky and it traumatized you. It traumatized me so much that I barely forgot, remembered that we saw it. Yeah, that movie was... That was a rough movie for a little kid. Because well, I was scared of alien abductions because of Unsolved Mysteries. I, I... Yeah, that movie was very frightening. Very graphic, very well edited abduction scenes. And I, I saw, I was reminded of it. Like, oh yeah, because like it shows them like getting probed and everything. You see and... on like a list of like crazy alien abduction scenes, and all of a sudden they're like number three. It's kind of obscure. I was like, no, oh, I yeah, that was a that was pretty hardcore. Because I remember vividly an episode of unsolved mysteries where like a guy woke up and there was an alien over his bed and he got abducted and that scared the shit out of him. Yeah, I brought it up because <laughs> I was like, that's the movie where I learned to say fat fuck. 
When do they say fat fuck? I don't know. Just Some one guy of the, says it. Like the hell Yeah, the hell You fat fuck. I saved that one in my back pocket for like three years. Bust, you saved it for me. Yeah, it came out. I think it was it came out when you when we were miniature golfing, and you pushed me into the tee, into the uh, the score table. Oh yeah. I mean, I deserve to be pushed. You didn't think you were gonna push me over, and I'd fall and hit my back. I had a gnarly bruise for like weeks, but I was like in such pain. And I was like, and I felt, and mom was there, and I knew like I could say I I did this calculation in like an eighth of a second. I was like. I'm going. I'm in so much pain right now that I get to say whatever the fuck I want, and my mom, you know, it'll be justified. She's like, "Ah, oh, you fat fuck." <laughs> Sorry, I, think I was shocked. It worked, man. That's kids. Don't don't waste them. Cusses. Use them. I was in pain, but again, you know, I was probably egging you on. I deserve to be pushed. Just, you know, not, I didn't expect to be bruised. You used to cheat in miniature golf. If you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough, and you're bad at golfing. I remember getting in a fight with you at the miniature golf course in New Mexico. Oh, in Albuquerque? Yeah. Grandma took us, she would take us to that, but not Uncle Cliff's. Oh, that would have been epic. I wanted to go to Uncle Cliff so bad. Mark Marin told me it wasn't that great. Oh, right, because he was an Albuquerque guy. We talked about Uncle. When I interviewed, when I had Marin on Radio Brenderman, we talked about Uncle Cliff's. <laughs> he used to go there stoned. Yeah. That's what you do. We saw, they I said all the gangs went there. It was like a gang place. That's what they said about, like, everywhere. Well, Six Flags, it really was the gang park compared to, like, Disneyland. Come. That's just that's racist there was, memory. There was gang that's, no like you can look at like the history of Six Flags. There's like gang incidents and shootings and yeah, but how many? It's just like white people telling like you know it's just like there's a lot of Mexicans here. Like this is Southern California, and people being like there's gang no there's no gangs here. there's gangs everywhere. There's gangs. You know, in private schools, there's gangs and churches. It's stupid. I don't want to hear that shit. How many white people got into fights at Knott's Berry Farm? And a lot of people got in fights. Yes. I read the book. Yeah, and so it's not referred to like, all oh, these white gangs getting into fights. No, I refuse to believe that. Is there some truth in it? Maybe, but there's way worse stuff to be worried about than gang violence at Family Fun Center or Six Flags. End of rant. Well, I never got to go to Uncle Cliff's. I think it's gone. Uncle Cliff's, just say uncle. That was because they all saw the commercials. Yeah. New Mexico. Great Sopapillas, subpar amusement parks. Oh, man, I haven't had a Sopapilla in, like, forever. We'll get some lard. We'll fry some dough. It's not that hard. You've made them before. You made them for class Aunt with Dad. Terry, Aunt Terry told us how to over the phone. They didn't puff up, though, in the middle. No. You made Indian fry bread. Yeah. Maybe we could get Terry to send us some tips. Let's do it. 
send us those Sopapia tips, listeners. Well, hey, dude. I mean... Well, let's talk about what we've been watching. What have we been watching? Now that we're back on lockdown. Mandalorian. Mandalorian Season 2 featuring characters from... Now featuring characters from Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. Those those blue Boba Fetts? Yeah. The Smurfettes, as I like to call them, because they're blue and they're fets. Played by Sasha Banks, the wrestler. Oh, she's a Boba Fett? Yeah. Who are the other Boba Fetts? Starbucks and Boba Fett? And I don't know who the guy was. And there's a dude. There's a dude. Smurfette. Smurfette. That's what I call the blue dudes. Um, I appreciated um, this episode. I would argue my favorite, one of my favorites so far. I thought no, I liked it a lot. It was just too short. No eggs were harmed. No frog, no frog genocide was uh, acted upon. Um, also, directorial Mandalorian debut, maybe not, but I think she'd done one. She done one before. Bryce Dallas Howard, great, great. Um, wait up! Good job. Redheads know how to direct. Um, I watched. We watched. Well, you were kind of watching a new Amazon show starring Nick Frost, also created by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, called True Seekers. Oh, were those those fat dudes looking for ghosts? Yeah, ghost hunters. A couple of chubs looking for for dubs, and it's dubs are guys that go. Woo. Simon Pegg's in it, and he plays Nick Frost's boss. Nick I, Frost. I like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost a lot, and they're really funny. And so far I watched, I think I watched two episodes, and it was really good. I also watched uh, Wayne. I watched the first episode of Wayne. Mmm. Wayne. Hi, Wayne. And that was pretty good. Yeah, sorry, I watched it without you. It's okay, I, I fell asleep. I was been exhausted. Yeah, I think it was when you were, like, super out. I watched the Cal football team play uh, UCLA oh, yeah, that was, on a Sunday that at 9 a.m. That was weird. They got beat. We don't have to talk about the outcome of the game, but um, the uh, scheduling was odd. Because yes, we're watching college football on Sunday, and we should be watching NFL football. Right? And that was the weirdest day of sports. We went from college football, Masters, NFL football. Yeah, I watched golf. That's I didn't crazy. watch golf. You got me to watch golf. The last time I watched golf was when I first got an HD TV and I was looking for things to watch in HD. Do you know what else looks great in HD? Something I've been following closely. Uh, great British baking oh, show. Oh, yeah. Great British baking And show. I will just say, a baking shows, great British baking show, baking shows in general, nailed it. What I love about what, and especially, especially great British baking show, G. BBS, as I like to call it. No, too many letters. Um, what I love about it is it's like peak. It's like the best of the best when it comes to it's, you know, it's the long shot, who we all know is the best X-Men. It's the long shot of TV shows just to zone out to, just to be secondary. It's great to have on. I love because, like, you got, you got, you got, you got, you got the... It's fun to watch. You don't have to be always be paying attention because you know the general gist of it. 
you know, at the end you're going to get, they're going to pick somebody, the star baker, and somebody's going home. So, yeah, if you're like, and, I'm going to um, cook some uh, Asian spiced pork in a crock pot, it's going to take me about 45 minutes to prepare. Um, it's going to be simmering all day. I'm going to, you know, as I'm cutting veggies and, you know, patting down meats with spices, giving them a good rub down, pouring in broth and stuff. It does make me want to eat baked goods. It does. Um, I love it. Um, they had 80s week, which made me yeah, feel old. I was like, this is crazy. There's this crazy time period called the 80s. Some of you weren't even born in the 80s. And I was like, oh, man. I really like Noel Fielding because he was in Mighty Boosh, and he's really fun. Boosh! I get the... Am I the only one who confuses the Mighty Boosh with Le Boosh? Yeah. I'm old Greg! Because they also came up... They sang songs and stuff, so I guess you could confuse them, maybe. No, it's too many Booshes for me to keep track of. There's only room in my heart for one Boosh, and it's my baby Boosh. Love you, Lil. Bad Dad, Rad Dad. Lightning round. Go. I'm a bad dad because, oof, man, there's a lot of hazards at the new place right at the moment. And we just kind of, as we talked about, just kind of a free range, but there's like, you know, we ripped up the carpet, there were tacks, there was just open plumbing, there's, you know, the the house even... There's the door to the basement. There's the door to the basement, that's a death trap. Um, There's just just like death trap. Every door is a death trap. There was paint everywhere. Paint. Um, But, you know, she survived. My baby Boosh is alive and swell. Um, so what makes me a rad dad? Rad dad, you have taught Lil even more new signs. No, she learns that she creates them. Well, she's got new signs. I don't. None of us know where a monkey came from. Maybe, maybe Granny G taught her that. She got a sign for Shira now. She does. Yeah. She holds her hand up like a sword. I've seen her do it. She's got signs she's not even telling me. She's got a sign for helicopter. She's got... All right, she's got too many signs. It's hurting my brain. I'm having to learn, like, a second language. She's going to be really smart, I think. Either that or she's never going to talk. That's great. I would lo- I'd be adorable if she's, like, four. But then she's going to be, like, speaking in complete sentences. Your nonverbal child... It's gonna be so quiet around here. I love it. But she's it's great. She's very well, communicative. She does talk. She talks in her own. She's fine. She's she's perfect and will be perfect. No, she's great because she definitely Will's understands. Great. Like you can tell her. I like I tell her to do stuff and she does it. Yeah. So she definitely there's understanding. There's communication going on. Like, um, it reminded me like you know you see like bring it back to Star Wars when like when the Star Wars. When the people are speaking basic to aliens that don't speak basic, it's somehow like they have like that Scooby-Doo ability to tell what they're talking in. When you have a child, you realize like, oh, that that's not as far-fetched to me anymore. Like if I'm in a cockpit, like, you know, how long were Chewie and Han together, right? You know, the first year, they probably didn't communicate that well. Well, how long have we known Lil? A year and change. And you learn a language. It's really cool really cool usually she's hungry yeah Tommy's hungry she'll wake up in the middle this is what this was hard about having a kid who communicates now is I was putting her to bed last night and it's like you know and we'd been she'd been you know put her sleep try and put her sleep sleep next to her and then I leave her um 
and like I'm in there for like 20 minutes and then she like pops up and she's like which means I'm putting my two index fingers together what does that mean strawberry oh and sure enough we had strawberries and I, I took her to the fridge and I opened it and I tested it and she pointed to the strawberries I was like so now I guess she can tell us what she's craving in the middle of the night what if she wakes up in the middle of the night and makes the sign for a helicopter? What do you do? And it's like, oh, she, she probably hears she hears helicopters. That's what. That's what. Everyone's always like, my kids are. Who knows? For all I know, my baby's a mongoloid. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't finish that terrible word. It's so archaic. It's fine. I don't know. But what I do know is, uh, my eighteen-month-old, uh, nineteen-month-old. I don't know. I don't even know how old she is. That's so bad. I'm a parent. Uh, she's gonna be 18 months next month. Okay, so not not yet 18 months. She'll make a sign like this, which is a bus, it's a steering wheel sign. And I'm like, and I'll look out the window, and there's a bus, but she can't see out the window. She hears the buses now and makes the sign. She makes it like everywhere in the house now. Like I was, we were in here, and she heard a bus, and she made the bus sound. That's pretty crazy. She can get up. She she now gets up. She points to the bed now. And like, she's about as smart now as a dumb velociraptor, <laughs> and that's scary. What am I going to do when these goldfish are gone? Buy more goldfish. Yeah, because she comes in now looking for the goldfish. Yeah, she's very food motivated. But anyway, that was the baby corner. Bad dad, bad dad. Are you reading anything right now? Uh, I'm re I'm developing a training for work that's actually a lot of fun. Oh, so I've been spending a lot of time reflecting on that and processing it. Short answer: No, not reading something right now, which is weird. Did you finish Norse mythology. Yeah, I finished that a while ago. Was it good? Uh, I prefer the the Percy Jackson, but as a Norse series, the same author does one, but for like Norse. That's one of my favorite ones because there's like an Egyptian one. There's the Percy Jackson one. There's the Norse one. I like that one. Have you read other Neil Gaiman before? Yeah, I've read American Gods. Hmm. I remember wanting desperately to read Sandman in high school because all the cool goth girls read it and loved it. Yeah, I didn't read Sandman until like way later, but I same I all the goths were reading it. But yeah, but this training, it basically, because I, this, this is what, the best part about being a, a amateur comedian is you have a day job, and once you tell them, they find out you're a comedian, it's so interesting that you can work ways for yourself to combine those passions, and it's like, hey boss, how about I do a training for the enrollment associates on office humor, and they're like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm like, great. But all it is, is it's just an, I've developed this training around just adapting Jackbox TV's joke boat game for, like, work. So it's like a Mad Libs, like, stand-up simulator that I'm just going to make PowerPoint slides. And it's going to be a fun thing that uh, is the best I got as an outlet for comedy. That's how sick my addiction to comedy is. 
Well, yeah, I am, you're doing something. You're I am doing a- voluntarily offering to do a humor-based training for enrollment associates. And my outlet is this. You need an outlet. Maybe I'm not so stoked on this timeline. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. But we need to get the stars trial so we can watch the Nexium documentary and American Gods. I haven't watched American Gods. It's not great. Oh, really? No, it's not worth it. You know what else I need to watch? You know what's Good Omens on Amazon? That is really good. I've read the book. I really like the book. Well, speaking of Good Omens, we got another episode coming up next week. Yeah, what are we going to talk about? I think next week we should talk about nothing. Nothing? It's like a Seinfeld-themed episode. No, we got to go back to the big hits. We started big with Breaking and Entering. What are the other hits? I think we should do a Mark Gregg episode. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's talk about the goose. He's a fallen friend. Yeah, maybe that'll be our series. We'll have like a whole series of of dead folks. Be the dead cast. Yeah, there's a few... I was like, I actually pitched a podcast to a couple of friends of mine. I was like, you get the guests come on and they celebrate a dead friend of theirs. And that, that's kind of a good concept. Yeah. Um, and it's called Dead Friends with Benefits. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but it's like, up next on Dead Friends with Benefits, uh, Brendan Creasy, who's talking about his dead dad. <laughs> I don't know. Because it could be family members too. But anyway, uh, well, whether we want to or not, you know, we talked about our dead dad this week. Stay with us next week for a discussion of our dead friend, Mark Gregg. Now, why would anyone be interested in hearing about our dead friend, Mark Gregg? Because he was probably the coolest person I've ever met in my entire life. And Brendan has met a lot of people, a lot of cool people. Sorry, Kevin Smith. Not as cool as Mark Gregg. Sorry, David Arquette. Not as cool as Mark If I could hang out with anybody right now. Sorry, Daniel Day-Lewis, who Brendan has met. Daniel Day with Bill Hader, both of you. Not as cool as Mark Gregg. And next week, you're going to find out why. Was it because he humped your Brendo butt? (laughs) What does that mean? Tune in next week to another episode of... Radio Brendo Man. My My brother and me. And Mark G. Boom. It's on the rhyme scheme. The rhyme scheme. The rhyme scheme. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. I love you, bro. Love you, bro. Mark loves you, bro. Love you, bro. I love you, bro. Love Love you, bro. bro. Nailed it.